Hi, and welcome to This Has Been Fun, You're a Bit Much. I'm your host, Feminon, and I'd like to start today's podcast by acknowledging the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people of the Australian Capital Territory as the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded and produced. I'd also like to extend that acknowledgement to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to the podcast and acknowledge the importance of the Indigenous culture in Australia and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. So, I need to say this because otherwise, like a three-year-old, it will fucking disappear from my brain. But, thank whoever the fuck invented period undies. Love you. Love your work, love you, love everything about you, love it. Keep fighting the good fight. Because you, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Whoever the fuck did it. Like, I just love them. Because I've just gotten my period a little unexpectedly. I mean, that's a fucking lie. I definitely watched it coming a mile away. But I just got my period. And I'm like, oh, I just want to get in a bed and get cozy. And record the pod. But I just want to get into bed straight away. I don't want to have to put a pad on. I don't want to have to put a cup in. I can't sleep in a tampon. Like, just... Oh. And then I was like, you know what? I've got period undies. Oh, the joy in my son. Hello, doggy. Would you like to say hello? Do you also thank for period undies? Oh, oh, thank you. Yes, hello. Sorry, I just got stepped on by a dog. Anyway, as I was saying... Oh, just chef's kiss. Because, like, I didn't want to have to put a cup in. I didn't want to have to go through the fuss of putting a pad on and then putting undies on. I was like, oh, just put period undies on. Yes. Incredible. I just love them. Anyway, so welcome to the pod. Week two, back in action, back on the airwaves. Coming to you live from wherever you get podcasts. Uh, my name's Feminon, if you're new here. Hi, how you going? If you know me, no you fucking don't. Uh, we don't use my name on this podcast for obs reasons, because I will talk about anything, and sometimes I don't think about what I say before I say it. Exhibit A, the rant about Rona last week. I mean, to be fair, all valid points. Like, honestly, that argument, not a good example, but... Anywhom, today we are talking about heartbreak. Now, I haven't been through a breakup for like two years. Um, like a proper breakup for like two years. But heartbreak for me is like any traumatic thing that breaks your heart. Like you're losing your best friend or like having a big argument or like, um, like grief and loss. Like even like changing who you are as a person like losing your old self I think that's heartbreaking to an extent so we're going to talk about heartbreak and ways that I try and fight the heartbreak blues when they happen like obviously you've got to feel sad like you've got to fe- like feel it to heal it as um Angie Kent would say um one of my guest goals is Angie Kent but um as she would say you've got to feel it to heal it so 
just one of those things but we'll get into that in a minute we're also going to talk about my sobriety which I didn't think I was ever going to talk about on the pod to be honest but um no I think I want to I think it's time um I'm celebrating six months sober and I just think you know it's time that I take a moment to reflect and actually you know address my sobriety because it is important that people know the why like I I'm one of those people that likes to know the why so I'm gonna give everyone gonna do the old treat people the way you'd like to be treated and give you all the lowdown on why I no longer drink the beverage knows of alcoholic variety so yeah that's the pod today as always please if you are oh yes hello my child say hello oh that is in my mouth that was a tongue in my mouth that was not a anyone's except for my dogs thank you for that child are you good relaxed great don't oh god don't ever fucking get the second dog you might want the second dog don't do it anyway so that's the pod as always please hit that follow button or the subscribe button or whatever button is on your podcast app uh if you can rate us with a five star anything i reference that actually needs a reference will be in the show notes um and yeah socials are in there too go and hit them with a follow check out the website send me an email um love to hear thoughts feelings emotions so yeah please power slide into my dms more than welcome anyway yeah podcast week two let's do it So I was going to start off with talking about heartbreak, but I actually think I'm going to start talking about my sober journey because I want to. There's no other reason for it. So hi, my name is Feminon and I am an alcoholic. And that sentence usually gets a response of, haha, no you're not. And it is fucking terrifying so I come from a family with known alcoholism on both sides of my family so um, maternal and paternal sides there's a fair few people that drink to excess on the very reg Um, and I've always been exposed to people who have pretty shit relationships with alcohol which isn't necessarily a okay I'm going to preface this by saying this is my opinion, this is my experience this is not like don't fucking come for me part of me doesn't think it's a bad thing that I've been exposed to alcoholics because it showed me what the addiction looks like on several levels So what I mean when I say that is it showed me the lower end where you drink to, when you drink, you drink to excess, you drink in binge amounts, you go overboard, but you don't do it very often. It's the Australian culture in a nutshell, really. We don't drink that often, but when we do, it goes off. Or... So that's like the lower end of the alcoholism in my family. The like quote unquote social norm alcoholism. 
It's the finishes multiple bottles of wine a week at home just because they have a couple of glasses with dinner every night to the finishes multiple bottles a night kind of alcoholism. And I grew up with a, any few and far in between, like not few and far in between every family event, but I grew up watching every stage of pretty much from sober to like plastered every night of the week. And I have grown up being exposed to a wide, like a range of humans from bottom of the rung to top. So it's not new to me, the concept of alcoholism. Um, It really isn't. It's something that I, without knowing it until I was older, grew up being exposed to. And like I said, it wasn't a bad thing. And that was the the norm. I was born in the late 90s. And people didn't know what alcohol could do to your body. We d- Like, people had no idea. And so it was really common for us to be at family dinner and for almost every adult at the table to have a drink in their hand. That was just the reality of it. Um, my mum used to drink she doesn't anymore but she used to drink and she was never an alcoholic i'd like to firmly state feminine mama femme not an alcoholic by any stretch of the word she also grew up surrounded by people with bad relationships with alcohol and she made a very very clear decision that that was not going to be her life and she has stuck by it and she's amazing for it but she used to have a pineapple cruiser every now and then like at night we used to have a case of them in the fridge basically not a case but like there was when she reached for one there was always one there and the first night that she maybe thought that was a problem was when my sister asked her for a juice and we used to call like pine orange juice it was yellow juice in our family because how are you gonna get a three-year-old to say pine orange juice it's yellow you just call it yellow juice anyway so my older sister asked for a yellow juice and mum said, yep, go have your shower. I'll have it ready for you when you get out. Amy got out of the shower. Mum was busy helping me do something, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I was probably being fucking annoying. Anyway, while my sister was in the shower, my mum had poured herself a pineapple cruiser and left it on the bench. My sister getting out of the shower, not realising that wasn't her yellow juice, drank the whole thing in about five minutes. My sister was less than seven years old at the time. (laughs) Fucking cracks me up every time I think about it. I'm like, oh, mum of femme, mum of the year award. Anyway, so my older sister is like, barely fucking in school she would have been young i was young and mum walks out and goes where's my where's my drink and amy goes my yellow juice yeah it was good thanks mum i can just picture oh my god i'm so i wish i had this event in my living memory because i just cannot even begin to describe how fucking gloriously chaotic the next scenes would have been like knowing my mum and knowing my sister and my dad 
and what my whole family dynamic was like back then. Oh, it would have been fucking funny to be a fly on the wall. So mum called the poisons hotline. <laughs> and I had to tell them that she'd accidentally fed my sister a vodka cruiser. Oh, she's an icon. Mum of the year thought she was going to get fucking done for child abuse. Anyway, she just had to ply Amy with water. So, oh, fuck. So she just had to ply my sister with water. (laughs) Fuck me dead. This is so good. She, like, plied my sister with water. And, um... (laughs) Yeah, she was up all night, my sister, because she'd had, like, three litres of water in about an hour, and she was, like, seven. She was up all night peeing and didn't fucking sleep. And it's just a funny story. I think that was the moment my mum was like, probably shouldn't have this much alcohol. Like, probably shouldn't be having a drink when the girls are awake kind of thing. Anyway. Oh, dear. But like I said, I come from a fucking wide line of alcoholics. So my parents were never alcoholics. But there are people in my extended family on both sides that are. Some of them are accepting of it. Some of them know and some of them are aware. Some of them have got fucking absolutely no idea. And that's fine. That's their life. If they choose to accept it, know it, and then not do anything about it, that's them. If they don't know, also them. Not my life to decide, not my not my bag. But I realised I had a problem with alcohol when it started becoming a coping mechanism. So my ex-partner used to take me to a lot of events, some of them formal due to his work, some of them not. It didn't matter what kind of event it was, I used to really hate driving because I wouldn't be able to have a drink and I found that having a drink at an event like like a formal event to even like a, just a casual like a chill event if there were people that I wasn't wasn't going to know there I liked to have a drink to take the edge off should have knowing what I know now first warning sign the first alarm bells were faintly ringing for me Using alcohol to quell my anxiety and having, quote-unquote, a drink to take the edge off very quickly turned into, I need to get fucking wasted so I'm not awkward. And so I used to get fucking wasted so I wasn't awkward. And it was terrible. Yes. Me drunk? Fucking awesome. Hilarious gal. She's insane. But we love her. Except when she loses it. So I used to get called the tropical cyclone. um, Because I used to fucking destroy. I used to wreak havoc when I was drinking. And I used to go out on a mission to destroy myself. And anyone in my path, basically. And so my ex-partner used to call me tropical cyclone. And it was fun. It was a funny joke. And then we broke up three years after that and I went back to using it as a coping mechanism but it wasn't a coping mechanism to take the edge off my anxiety it was 
I'm going to get wasted so I don't have to think about how lonely I am. And it wasn't every night, but the nights where I used to go out and the nights where I used to try and pull and take boys home with me and sleep with men, I used to get fucking blown up to the point where multiple times I was so drunk that I fell asleep during segs. Like, more than once. That happened to me more than once. Like, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been scooped up off the curb crying or... I once, get, I once gave one of my older sister's friends a black eye because I'd had far too much to drink. And to be fair, I'd been roofied as well. But I'd had far too much... I'd had a little bit too much to drink and then got roofied and then couldn't control myself and punched him. And, yeah, it was bad. And I was young, so I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm mid-20s. I'm not super old. It freaks me the fuck out that I have to say I'm in my mid-twenties now. But, um, I have probably had a problem with alcohol since I was about 19. Um, my drink of choice when I was younger was absinthe and tequila shots. The drink of choice. I used to go to the bar and order absinthe or tequila shots and that was pretty much all I drank. But I dealt with it. I binge drank up until October 2020. So I hit rock bottom maybe mid-September 2020. And rock bottom for me looked like day drinking, turning into a night out, turning into falling all over the place and sobbing hysterically at the nightclub. It was embarrassing. It really was. Um, so there's a lot of things going on in my life at that time as well. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back for my mental health that night. And I remember it. I was going to say I remember it well, but I really don't. Um, I remember what followed really well. And what followed was a trip to the GP, a therapist appointment, and me starting anti-anxiety medication after putting it off for pretty much a decade I finally accepted that I wasn't doing so good on my own and I needed some help and I got it unfortunately I am currently day two of medicating again after I forgot to take it for about a week but that medication was the turning point for a lot of what I've developed as my sense of self in the last eight months. So I started my medication the 1st of October 2020 and the first side effect that my GP told me about was that SSRIs, which is the medication, the type of medication I'm on, you can Google it. Um, I'll put a link in the bio, uh, in the show notes of what it like to descriptor um, and give you an overview. SSRIs do not respond and do not react well with alcohol. And for me, that was huge. Um, 
I was really determined to make it and I am still I don't know why I'm talking in past tense I am still very determined to ensure that I am taking the best care of myself that I possibly can because I am young fit healthy and my personal previous history shows me that it doesn't matter how young fit healthy you are death is around the corner waiting for you fuck that was really morbid but it needed to be said and so I took matters into my own hands started medicating with actual medication rather than self-medicating with fucking rum and coke and cut right back I used to drive everywhere I'm still the Dezo usually if my car's clean which is never um And I drive. I do the driving now. And I did the driving for all of the end of 2020. And for me, it is stark differences. So I cut right back. 1st of October, I started my medication, cut right back. One or two drinks maximum a night. Never anymore to make sure I was still right to drive. Because I got people. got people to take home. You know, can't let them down. And then that's how I continued one or two drinks couple of G&T's that was it nothing more nothing less maybe a double diplomatico that's it and then I was okay and I was coping really well and doing really well with that my mental health was getting better and then Christmas day last year um I didn't drive to Christmas um my mum did so I had a, had, a, had a quick drink with my brother-in-law and his brother and I had another one and another one. Oh, one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go on, one more. And they were not, like, they were not measured shots. Like, it was, they were well-mixed drinks is how I'm going to describe it. And, like, I I used to be able to drink. I used to hold my liquor real well for someone that's my size because I'm pretty, pretty little. Um, But yeah, they were good. And by the time we were leaving, I was like, yeah, I did not need that much at all. And my mum was disappointed because obviously I told her that I was trying to stop drinking because of my medication. And she was like, I don't understand why you drank today. And I was like, I didn't even have that much. Anyway, so a couple of days after that, and this is the, this was the looking in the mirror with my hands on the sink, Rocky Balboa style, being like, what the fuck are you doing? I was going to the pool with one of my good friends. It was a pool I'd never been to. Outdoor pool. And I was wearing a new bikini. So I just bought... And it was just a fucking cheapie from Kmart. And I still have it and I still love it. It's just a black string bikini. Ties up at the side and then it's triangles for the titties. And you tie it up at the back of the neck. It's literally classic string bikini. Nothing special about it. However, my anxiety about wearing the bikini to the pool was colossal because I have body image issues which is a whole episode in and of itself 
Anyway, so... (laughs) Instead of doing the normal thing and practicing my mindfulness and doing the things I know calm my anxiety, I was like, oh, I'll just take a drink bottle. I'll just, you know, I'll just take an apple cider in a drink bottle. I'll put it in a black drink bottle so no one notices it. Let me just repeat that to be clear about what I did. Instead of using my mindfulness, taking deep breaths and doing the things for my anxiety that I know work, I literally poured a cider can into a drink bottle, had a couple of sips and then off I went to the pool got in the pool had a little dip dip so beautiful got out sat on my towel wrapped myself in my towel and was like oh quickly have a drink finished the drink it was one drink to take the edge off what the fuck is wrong with me and that was when I realized I got home and I was like hey and I at friend's name here I was like hey it's pretty unhealthy, isn't it? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Two days later, New Year's Eve, where me, same friend, are heading out. A few partays, a couple of little spots. I'm exhausted because I've spent the last two days subconsciously grappling with the fact that I'm an alcoholic. So I'm bugging. Every party we go to, people are like, oh, do you want a drink? What are you drinking? I'm like, I don't drink. They're like, oh, good on you, mama, mama. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you say that. Anyway. I leave at about 10. It's 10.30. I'm at home. And I'm waiting up till midnight. So I can give my doggies a kiss at midnight text my friends and then go to fuck to sleep and get a good night's sleep ready to start 2021 off well rested i get a facetime from one of the girls that i work with who is it's new year's eve she is i'm gonna say not sober and she we're talking about is there's like three of us on the facetime my not sober work colleague hangs up and I stay on with one of my other work colleagues who I'm pretty sure was a little bit sober at least and she asked me what my goals for the new year were and off the top of my head I spouted three out first one was journaling every day and that lasted until the end of January second one was walking my dogs every day and that lasted till a week before the end of February maybe the week of the end of February and the third one was I'm gonna do a year of sobriety and it was purely an impulse it was an impulse decision to give up grog for a year and I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it for like a week after I said it And then it came time to go to my first event. And I thought about it. 
And I was like, you know what? I can fucking do this. It's only a year. A year fucking flies by. And yeah, that was it. We're now seven months later almost. And I'm still sober. Not a drop of alcohol has hit my system in 2021. And for someone who this time last year and this time 18 months ago was knocking back multiple bottles of wine a week, that's huge. Like, in January 2020, I used a beer snorkel to shotgun three quarters of a bottle of champagne on a Wednesday night. The first time I ever got drunk in front of my colleagues was with two of my superiors and I blacked out. I have a terrible relationship with alcohol. I rely heavily on alcohol to mask how anxious I am and to take the edge off, quote unquote, take the edge off my anxiety. But in reality, it makes you feel so much worse. There have been days where I've woken up the next day not remembering anything that's happened and just so scared of what I've done. There have been days where I have had to go to work and I've driven to work still drunk from the night before. And this was a long time ago. But I think about the way that alcohol made my body and my brain feel and I just I'm not embarrassed because I don't think I need to be embarrassed by it every every person will have wild nights in their life that they don't remember and can't fathom and all the rest of that shit that is just general life rules I think and I don't know if it's a life rule or if it's and it's not necessarily the healthiest norm of our society but it is something that is ingrained in the Australian culture is that Aussies love a drink I'm not saying it's a bad thing what I'm saying is that for me it's terrifying because the slope is so slippery that one step wrong and this I'd go tumbling down and tumbling down's fine when you can pick yourself back up. However, the more or of, more often than not, when it comes to alcohol, I'm too fucking pissed to be able to pick myself back up. Like, it's horrible. I remember waking up still drunk with the shakes and the shivers. I remember spending New Year's Day 2020 literally for the first two hours of me being awake 
after I woke up on twenty on twenty twenty, not me being out in the city sinking tequila shots, but the next day, I remember waking up with a belly full of air because I kept shotgunning carbonated drinks and throwing up straight tequila. Tequila shots are terrible on the way down. They are fucking 50 times worse on the way back up. And I just, I think about what my poor body has been through on nights out. The amount of times I've fucking fallen down the stairs at a nightclub or thrown up all over myself or someone else. That shit. I'm like, bruh, what are you doing? And I was having this thought process the other day when I decided that I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because my relationship with alcohol yes trash terrible not ideal but in the six months I've been sober I've learned so much about myself and so much about who I am and what I can do that I'm not worried about being an alcoholic anymore I'm not I don't want to be it's something that I will probably always be a little bit because it's something I can't really like you're always an addict you just manage the addiction but I don't think that I need to be scared of grog I think I need to have a certain level of respect for the for the fact that it could literally ruin my life again but I like I don't have I've never been someone that needs to drink to have fun. My first night out after I stopped drinking in October because of my medication, I twerked on a table and nearly got kicked out of the nightclub and I was sober as a fucking tack. It was COVID, there was no dancing allowed and I got up and twerked on a fucking table while rapping Big Sean. Sober. I did a music festival sober this year. Like, the best part about nights out now is that I don't wake up hating myself and feeling like shit. I don't wake up with a disgusting smell of me because I used to smoke when I drink too. I don't wake up tasting vomit or blood or worse, vodka. My bank account Oh my god. I'm paying up to $5 max for a Coke. For a little Coca-Cola. $5 max. Anywhere I go. We were down at the pub down the coast last weekend for my birthday weekend. And I went and bought the girls around. And I was like, my Coke was $4.50. And each of their drinks was $11 each. And I'm like, oh my god, that's so expensive. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I did the maths. I used to be paying $9.50 to $12 a drink because I used to drink like mid-range, like mid-shelf, not top shelf, not bottom shelf, mid-shelf rum, dark spiced rum. $9 a fucking drink. That is so much money for a drink. Like... That's what my gym membership costs a week, almost. Wait, no. 
Yeah, that is almost the whole way of my gym membership a week paid. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, I highly recommend going sober if you've ever thought about it. Even if you just do it for a little bit, like, just to try it out. What do you reckon, puppy? No, microphone. Okay. But yes, we both think, me and the dog... It might change your outlook on life. It changed the, my outlook on life because I actually have something to fucking live for now and it's me. And that's the biggest thing is that the chances of me being where I am now had I continued to fucking send it five nights a week. Not likely. But yeah. Try it. Make sure you've got a bloody good support network around you. Call people out when they say, when are you bringing back the fun you? Tell them, I'm not. She died. Along with my fucking addictive personality tendencies. You dickhead. And if people are saying that to you, they're not the real friends that you need. Like, find the friends that will be at the bar with you and order a non-alcoholic drink to make sure that you feel okay. That will message you to make sure that you're okay to come to the bar. Even if, like, they know it's going to be hard for you to be there. And being around drunk people when you're sober fucking sucks. But when you surround yourself with beautiful people that love you. And that support your decision to go sober. You don't notice that they're drunk and you're not. Because they're your friends and you just have the best time. Plus you don't wake up the morning with in the morning with fucking withdrawal shakes and shivers but anyway yes if you have any questions about me becoming sober please fucking let me know because it was a huge decision for me to make and for those of you who know me it's it's been a it's been a tough six months but six to go and then who knows maybe i'll have a drink probs not but like we can pretend Look, I know I said I was going to talk about heartbreak, but I think dedicating this episode to my sobriety journey has been really cathartic for me. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, As I said, if you have questions about what it's like being sober um, or what it's like being sober curious, um, please reach out. I'm always happy to have a chat. Um, And yeah. Awesome. Disclaimer at the end of the pod, this episode was recorded pre-lockdown, but I'm releasing it as a day one bonus ep for lockdown purposes because I forgot to record today, but it's fine. I'm going to have a really good one for you tomorrow or Sunday, Um, and yeah, anyway, alright, yeah, enjoy. Let me know if you've got questions about me being a sober Sally, because it is a good life. Anyway. Love you, bye!